Welcome back to the Ionstone Podcast. I'm Anderson Miller, and I'm sitting alone on this episode this week. <laughs> but it's okay. Dimitri Grant and Jordan just gave a lot of their time and effort into the longest conversation that we have had on this podcast yet about one of our favorite actors, Jake Gyllenhaal, and his first responder movies. We covered The Guilty, End of Watch, and Prisoners. It is a great discussion, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It is an audio-only episode. We had some issues with our cameras, and it was actually a great learning experience, so I'm glad we had it happen. Now we understand how to go about filming and recording uh, these longer episodes. So with that being said, you guys can expect that episode next week, and we thought this week it might be cool to cover projects that we're working on because at the time of this recording... Dimitri and myself were just on Dave the Film Junkie's The Vodka Stream this past Friday, and we got the opportunity to play a scene from a film we're working on called Married a Crow, and it was getting some attention, and we had people reaching out to us very curious about the film and other things we're working on because we did mention that we have three movies total that we're planning on making as a group. So we decided, you know what, this week... We're going to put a hold on the movie talk and, well, other people's movies. And we're going to give you guys an episode where I just talk about the movies that we're working on. So hopefully that's okay with you guys. If not, next week we'll be back on to our uh, normal routine. But we're going to go ahead and get into this right after word from our sponsor. Do you want to start a podcast? Well, now you can for free. And it's as easy as downloading the new Spotify podcast app to your phone and or computer and hitting record. Spotify podcasts allows you to record anytime or upload files and provides all the tools you'll need to make your episode sound as solid as stone. Spotify podcasts is the new home for any podcasters looking to expand their brand and reach new audiences across the globe. All right, so... I'm actually really excited to do this. I feel like this will be the first time I get to just talk about these things other than when I'm hanging with these guys because, you know, most people don't really care or don't really have an interest, especially when you're just like, oh, yeah, me and my friends are making a I mean, so many people do that, and it doesn't always look the best or whatever, but we, we take a lot of pride in what we do. And since I do most of the filming and editing – I like to feel like I'm getting somewhat decent at it. I mean, no one's going to be a bigger critic about what I do than myself, but I do feel like, you know, I've put a lot of time and effort into my craft and learning how to do different things, wh whether it's lighting or setting up a scene. Um, and I actually went to school for storyboarding. So that's something I do with everything we work on and I'll share some of my drawings. So 
you guys can expect to see that if you're watching at home. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anything else, you got to find the YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and get into it. Uh, I'm going to get a drink going here because I'm probably going to tripping on my words. Like me a good seltzer. A non-alcoholic. I just like some good seltzers, you know. I'm trying to stay away from pop. Anyways. Um... Gotta forgive me. I'm used to having uh, people here to talk to. So <laughs> we'll start with what inspired us to do this. I feel like we'll just start, you know, from ground zero and work our way up until the past year when this all started to come to be. So, as we mentioned on the vodka stream, Dimitri and Jordan and myself used to work together at a mall as security guards mall cops and we actually have a friend who worked with us as well who started making edits of himself like putting on his uniform and he actually ended up becoming a cop and that's what he was wanting to be at the time and he was seeing cops that would make like really cool video edits of them like basically putting on their their gear and going out into the day not knowing if they'd be coming home and he was inspired by that and he started making edits just for himself, but he sent us one and I was like, Oh, that's cool. I never thought about like filming myself with my camera on my phone, you know, cause he just uses iPhone, but it was pretty well done. And he added some slow-mo shots and he added some very sincere music and it just, it had a cool feel to it. And it made me think, why don't I do that? I feel like that'd be a lot of fun because at the time I was really into photography. I love photography. I love editing photos. So I was like, that's kind of like the next step is video and editing video. And I'd never done that before. So I went on to the app store. I downloaded some free app. I can't even remember what it's called now, but I started just taking videos and like learning how to use this app and make edits. And those were some gems, let me tell you. <laughs> but I started to really get a passion for it very early on. I realized, like, man, I love doing this. And so myself and Dimitri and Jordan, we started, like, making videos with these characters we came up with and posting them on Instagram for fun, you know. But... Even though it was fun and goofy and whatever, I, I really enjoyed doing it. I enjoyed coming up with like a story for these characters and figuring out how to tell that through not only their um, presentation of their character, but through, you know, how I'm setting up the camera, how I'm, you know, setting up lighting. Started to, you know, figure out like, okay, these are all things that play into telling a story, not just the actor on screen. And started doing research, reading about this stuff. And thankfully my wife has always been very supportive of anything I get into creatively and family as well. So I started getting, you know, nicer equipment, uh, softbox lights, things like that. And I already had a very nice camera that I took pictures with and it just happened, you know, it had a video mode on it. And then I got into trying to figure out, okay, how can I do video on my camera and that's when I started to learn about lenses. And thankfully, I had a job during the pandemic that paid for me to stay home. And I know a lot of people weren't fortunate. 
and had to, you know, figure out different ways to have an income. So I'm sorry. Believe me, my wife was one of those people. You know, I, I, I was very fortunate at the time. I had a job where I was basically administrative position and my job in, I mean, it basically involved me being in an office and because the office was closed, but I was a contract and employee, they paid for me to just sit at home for three months. And I know that sounds really ridiculous, but it, it's what happened. And I, you know, I played a lot of video games, watched movies and whatever, but I also spent a lot of time honing my craft. And I credit that period of my life for why I'm doing the things I'm doing now, because that's when I really started to get into creating a story and trying to bring it, you know, to life through filming it. And at that time, Dimitri was writing a script for a movie called Of Bad Faith, which isn't connected to the three movies that we're referencing on this show, but it is a story that means a lot to him and myself, and one day we hope we can make something of it. But it's a story that would involve a pretty big budget, and we did start filming for it, but then we realized, like, this is way above us right now. So we did backburner it, but at the time, that was kind of the driving force that got us to where we are today, because that story and that movie got him and myself, Jordan, Grant, some other friends we have, used to, like, acting, basically. Like, we're all standing around holding cameras, lights, reflectors, all this different stuff. And we got comfortable with acting in front of each other and doing these different things. And yes, it's a very uncomfortable thing at first. Uh, if any of you have tried to do it with your friends or even do it for a living, it, it can be uncomfortable to do this thing that you might practice in a mirror at home or like just practice when you're in your car. It's like, okay, now there's a bunch of people standing around me and I've got to try to like really sell this character and step out of the shell that is me that I'm comfortable being in any other time. So we all started to get familiar with how to do this. And it was cool. I felt like we were all kind of growing into this thing that we all love doing. But unfortunately, like I said, it came to a point where it was just really hard to complete the movie. Um, there's a lot of people involved for one. So there's so many different conflicting schedules. And also it's just hard to keep things in continuity with like our appearances and you know because we started filming it at one point and then like two years later we're still filming it and Dimitri's got more tattoos and he's got gauges in his ear and then Jordan and myself were either getting bigger or smaller and Grant you know like because everyone got pandemic weight or got in really good shape and then got, you know so we all go through changes and it's hard to like keep the same appearance through an extended amount of time you know big big hollywood movies you you get into your transform mode for the character and then you have a couple months of filming and you just got to stay in that shape so what we're trying to do just isn't ideal and that's when we realize like this is just way above us so getting way off track with that but of bad faith is something that i mean we have an instagram page for it you guys can find it. We did post like official character posters for all the main characters that are involved in the story. And one day we hope we can go back and 
bring that whole story to life because it's it's kind of a dream project for us really so anyways um so once we started to realize okay we can't do this film you know it, it's just not gonna happen we kind of got i don't want to say depressed but we were definitely in a in a state of what now you know it almost felt like we were so so like gung-ho about this like we're doing this this is happening we don't care what it takes and we all just lost our motivation and it almost felt like we weren't going to do anything anymore which bummed all of us out and especially just because it was like a thing we got to do constantly like it was like oh we're all going to hang out and see each other it's gonna be fun work on this thing we can't wait to show people so yeah we got into a into a state of basically not really seeing much of each other and everyone was doing different things and for those of you that are aware of you know Dimitri and I doing the Snyder cult page that's kind of when that came to be as well because we had nothing we were doing creatively just I mean we were in a state of like it was basically like purgatory you know like we <laughs> I don't know not trying to get dark but for me creatively I felt like I lost my outlet and everything was just kind of like bubbling up inside and I didn't know where to, you know, release it, where to implement all these things that I have been spending so much time learning and perfecting. So it just sucked. And so, yeah, we all go back to our day jobs. We're not doing anything creatively for months. And then we started doing the Snyder cult thing. And I was like, okay, this is cool because, you know, I, I had to kind of relearn how to do things. I hadn't filmed anything for a while or tried to do anything creatively like that. And we started doing that. Kind of got back into the swing of things. And then Dimitri and myself just sat down and had a talk one day here at the office. We were just like, we need to do something. You know, like we are able to recognize that we have very creative minds and we have capabilities to do things. We just need to think of things that are within our, you know, limitations, like things that are actually achievable, not things that are awesome, but we're not sure if we can get to like of bad faith. And he had told me he had actually been writing some things. And I was like, really? So he started sending me things he was writing and it was all really good stuff. He's a really good, really good writer probably better than me i feel like when i write it can get a little uh i either rush things and don't give enough detail or i spend way too much time giving detail and then that makes me like do less when i continue on the next chapter or next page whatever but yeah, he's really good at writing stories and uh finding that perfect balance of detail but interest and pacing you know so I'm reading this guy's stuff like, wow, he's really good at writing. And he, again, he wrote the script for Of Bad Faith as well. And I was just like, you know what? I need to just try to take these ideas that I think about every once in a while and put them on paper. So that all inspired me to try to start writing things. And I wrote a couple things that were weird and I came up with ideas and ended up not liking them. But amongst all the different things I was writing down, one of the things that I wrote down <laughs> was actually Mary to Crow. 
And I kind of kept coming back to it because, well, that's a character that I basically pulled inspiration from a life experience I had. And I've learned that that is the only way I will ever be interested in bringing a story that I've written to life is if it's pulling from my own experience in life or pulling from a part of me, whether it's good or bad, because it makes me relate to the character in a way that I feel like I can really do the character justice and present them in a way that's interesting to everyone else because I just know them on that level if that you know if that makes sense and so I started really putting some more effort because when I start writing I'll basically write a synopsis and a title if I have one at the time and then I'll maybe do like a chapter I, I mean in my notepad on my iPhone I have so many like first chapters of different stories and I'm just like eh might come back to this, might just scrap it, but Mary Crow, I kept coming back to it. I was like, there there might be something here. But the thing I couldn't figure out was what makes the character tick? You know, what is it about this character that makes them stand out? Because at the time, it was just a mime who ends up becoming a serial killer. And that's a spoiler, I guess. But that that's that's essentially what's happening to Mary Crow. And I was like, how do you make that interesting, though? You know, because, yeah, we see a lot of clowns that are turned into something evil. You know, whether it's It or John Wayne Gacy. Uh, but I was like, mimes don't really get that kind of attention. They can kind of be creepy, but they're usually funny or just, you know, backup characters in something, like a street performer or any, anything like that. I, I couldn't really think of anything other than if anyone's seen the show Nip Tuck, uh, one of the doctor's sons, he becomes a mime and ends up, like, turning to the life of crime where he robs people and a bank and other stuff as a mime. Uh, so that was one depiction, and I did consider that because I really like that show. I was like, that's an interesting... it. So that's kind of what like inspired writing the story I had. I just didn't know what was going to make them do the things they were doing. You know, what what is something interesting I could play with? So I started thinking about my own life. And I had a period of my life where I kind of came to a crossroads of I can continue doing the things I'm doing and I probably won't like myself. Or I can go down this road, but... If I go down this road, everything that I was associating myself with, everyone I was hanging out with, everything I was doing stays at the crossroads. There, It doesn't go with me down this road. And thankfully, uh, with a little motivation from a friend I had, <laughs> I went down that road. Cut everybody off, deleted all my social media, spent a lot of time just doing things with my family working, going to school, going to the gym, eating right. I, I, I was in the best shape of my life, physically, mentally. And I, it was about a year or so before I started to really let people back in. And it sounds kind of lonely, and it's because it was. But it was great, honestly, for me. It was, it was something I think I needed. And I learned a lot about myself during this time, which... I think, you know, a lot of people might think it's crazy to talk to yourself, and that's fine. 
Um, but in this period, I learned to get comfortable with that because if you can sit and talk to yourself, not necessarily, you know, physically, but even if it's just in your own head, you can really start to be honest with yourself about the things in your life that you need to work on, things you need to change, things that really make you happy, things that don't, but that you pretend make you happy. I mean, it can be a great way to really do some reflecting and revising. (laughs) So I was thinking about that while reviewing my story for Mary Crow, and I was like, maybe this character is already in this state with no really... You don't really get a backstory on why, at least in the beginning. There might be some stuff sprinkled in the movie. Uh, but either way, it starts off, you know, he he's just truly alone. You see this beautiful, vibrant world that has a, a rhythm to it. And, you know, within the cracks of all these moving parts lies this dark void. And that is where you find Steven, the main character. And he thinks he wants out of that, you know? So I basically took that period of my life and I was like, what if your whole life was that and you wanted to take a year where you do the opposite, right? And I was like, what What would happen then? So Steven thinks he wants to be acknowledged by people. He wants interactions. He wants to feel like he's a part of everything. He wants to find his place, so to speak. And then you learn that he is idolizing a mime who is popular. He's a, you know, successful street performer. He gets admiration from pastor buyers. He gets money. He seems happy and successful. And Steven's infatuation with the street mime inspires him to try to do the same so that he can get the same admiration and attention from others. And Basically, he just had to go through the motions of mimicking this mind that he idolizes and starting to get the interactions that he thought he wanted and etc. to learn that he really liked where he was at and he just needed to learn to embrace it. But he also unfortunately learns that what he really wanted the whole time was not to change where he was, but to change what was around him to be like, you know, where he was. So I don't want to give too many spoilers away about this film because it's it's a pretty crazy ride. And I think that's all I want to say about it right now. So other than referencing how Steven ties into the other two films, I think I'm going to stop talking about Mary Kerr right now before I get uh, to, because I, I love talking about the story. And, you know, if I'm sitting down talking to Dimitri, because he's the only person out of everyone involved who knows the full story and the things are going to happen. Uh, him and I have talked about it for hours. We actually had a day here at the office where we have a, there's not really a way to turn the camera now. You know, we have a big whiteboard over here. You guys have maybe seen in other episodes. Well, we have a whiteboard bigger than that in our office where our desks are. And we love to just draw out storylines. And so we'll have a beginning and an end and like key points. And 
then we can add or take away ideas like we'll go we'll take turns doing things and this and that and we did that with this movie and we have like a final timeline in there and I took a picture of it because it's so cool. Like, I love seeing the story up there. Anytime we go in our office, it's just like, oh, yeah, there's this thing I created. And, like, all these cool things that happen in it are up there. And uh, one day I'm going to post that maybe after everyone's seen it or everyone who wants to see it. But either way, it's it's just one of those things we've spent so much time talking about because we love talking about it. And I think it's funny how that comes from something that I wrote because I used to despise writing. And that's a funny story in itself because I'm not trying to brag, it, it just it is what it is. I've always been good at writing. In high school, I actually won an award and they framed and hung this paper I wrote on my mom. And up until a couple years ago, cuz I graduated in 2009, it was still hanging up in the hallways next to the administrative office. So even after I left the high school, they kept it hanging up, and I thought that was really cool. And yeah, I mean, yes, I was humbled by that. I thought it was awesome and everything, but I took my writing for granted. And even in college, I always excelled in any writing classes I was in. So it's just something that's come natural to me. But again, I took it for granted, and I think a big part of that is it just felt like something I had to do. But also... I had an issue with turning in things that I wrote because anything I do creatively, and I struggle with this to this day, I probably always will to some degree, but it has gotten better. But anything that I do creatively, I never feel like it's finished. It never feels like it has an end. And something else I've always done pretty well is art. Uh, art classes in high school, I had some things that got displayed at our local museum downtown. And when I went to college, I definitely excelled in my art classes. Actually, the last time I went to college was for graphic design. And it was definitely the most fun I had with college or probably school in general throughout my whole school career. Um, but I just never felt like things were done. I never wanted to turn in papers or projects. And I had a lot of conversations with professors about that. But I had one professor that told me something that his professor had told him when he was in college and that was that art is never truly done and whether it's through further interpretation that can build on a story or adding to the art physically it's something that is presented to the world in whatever form it is and it grows from there you know and he wasn't trying to give me an excuse to never turn things in, but he was trying to give me a good way to look at anything else that I admire or consider like complete pieces of art. And that kind of helped me get over my mental block to start thinking about things that way because he referenced the Mona Lisa. He was like, yes, it's framed and displayed for people to see and has been for a very long time. But who's to say that somebody can't get it out lay it down, add something more to it to make it look more complete or to further drive an idea, etc. And I don't know why I never thought about that, but I was like, you know what? This guy's kind of making sense. So, and if you think about it, like books, for example, books have an ending, but maybe 
someone else could sit down and write another inning or, or maybe that's why sequels get made. But I, it kind of just made me realize that I needed to not think, oh, there is a perfect ending or a stopping point for everything. Rather, there is a point to where I can let other people possibly expand on this idea. And that definitely helped me down the road because, you know, today, for example, when we're working on something, I feel like, okay, I'm not going to be one to say this is done, but maybe I can pass it off to Dimitri, Jordan, my wife, somebody, and, and they can give me an idea that finishes it. And in my head, they're the ones that finished it. You know, so I can be like, oh, that's a, you know, if it's something I really like and I think it's cool, then it's like, oh, okay, this has an ending now or, but that's just kind of an example. So Married a Crow is the first thing that I've created, whether it's music, uh, physical art, like drawing, painting, or writing that I came up with an ending and I actually like it. And it's kind of because of what the ending is suggesting, so, I don't know, th- that was a cool thing for me as well, because the other two films, they don't really have endings yet, <laughs> but they definitely have a stopping point, because I have both of them written out fully, and they have a stopping point, and I feel like, okay, I can probably just let somebody else either say, oh yeah, that's awesome, that's where it's at, or... I can have someone else expand on it or maybe they push it back a little bit to another point and they're like, this would be a good place to stop this. And the cool thing also about having all three of these connect is that there's basically a way to make the story be a continuous circle. And the thing that's cool with circles is they don't have a beginning or an end. So I found a way. All right, guys, I found a way write a story and not have to worry about ending it. (laughs) So that was a mental hump I had to really get over with in myself, but I do have an ending for Mary to Crow and I'm very happy with it, but also it can continue through the other films. And the other cool thing about these films, which we mentioned on the Vodka stream is when they're all three done, you could pick one to watch and then watch the other two. And no matter what order you watch them, it's all going to make sense so that was really hard to map out that was a whole whiteboard drawing in itself and i'm just so glad we figured it out because that was one thing where i was starting to think like okay this might be a little above our you know ability to think not not necessarily our you know physical limitations or or our budget but just in terms of creating something it just felt like this might break my brain um but we we figured it out. So happy with that. I'm happy that we've come up with this whole concept. So now I'll get into the other two films because there are two other movies and they're just as weird and kind of dark. Well, I guess dark, very dark as Married to Crow. So we have Married to Crow and then we have JJ Sundry, which I'm going to go ahead and share a few pictures of this character while I'm talking about him. So here, I'll bring this up. Here is the first picture that we're going to share anywhere of JJ Sundry. So this was actually from our first day of filming. 
and that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I don't want to give too much away about this film uh, either. I will say this. So, the name J.J. Sundry is inspired by Gene Martin Charcoat. He first coined the term multiple personalities. Okay. James Williams first coined the term multiple realities. And then sundry means variations, basically. So, I'll let you think about that. And... I'll read the synopsis. Why not? J.J. Sundry follows a young man whose life runs eerily close to various realities of himself and at times to where his sole personality becomes a war for embodiment. Now, what you as the viewer of this film will be trying to decide is are these things that he's dealing with in his own head is there something paranormal going on? And by the way, that is a theme through all three movies. You're going to be wondering, is there something kind of otherworldly going on here? Um, and then with this, is this just a bunch of different versions of the character being presented to us? So, that's pretty much all I'm going to say about this film. It's, it's almost getting too spoiler for my comfort. Spoilery <laughs> for my comfort. But... I'm so excited about this film because, well, for one, I'm filming it. I'm 100% going to be DP on this, and I, I love just being behind the camera and bringing my storyboards to life. And I've already, you know, we had a whole day of filming on this film already, and it was so cool to, like, take my storyboards and be like, all right, doing this, doing this, doing this. So I'm loving the process because from Ada Crow, I've been in front of the camera, and... You know, I have a lot of faith and trust in Dimitri, who's very good at setting up shots. Or if I kind of give him a guideline of like, here's what I was envisioning, he brings it to life and sometimes better than I even imagined. So it's cool to have a guy like that. And that's the only reason I'm doing Married to Crow. But I'm very ready to get off the dang screen and, you know, be the person controlling the camera. So JJ Sundry is my my passion project the story that I've come up with is crazy and I went through a lot of ups and downs with it. There's not really any part of me in this character, which is interesting because I said, that's like the only way that I feel like I can really be, you know, behind a story and bringing the character to life. But there is a lot of experience with some of the, the themes in this and not necessarily with me, but people I'm very close to. So the part of me that I put into this character is essentially what I have experienced firsthand in dealing with, you know, battles of mental illness or battles of, you know, basically, is there something haunting me or am I just, you know, going crazy or or battles of questioning reality, you know? So if, if anyone out there deals with or knows someone who deals with, you know, believing in ghosts, believing that they have, you know, a bunch of different versions of themselves in their own head, or they believe that, you know, this reality is just not what it is presented to us. 
you're going to be able to relate to this film and we do some really cool things with it to really bring the story to life. There's some things we're pulling off of this film that would be like, you know, if I saw it, I'd be like, man, these guys must've had a big budget and we don't, we don't have a big budget, but I've just put a lot of time into learning how to make things seem bigger and greater than what they really are at the time of making them. Because it's all practical VFX. There's not anything being done, you know, digitally. We don't have any green, like we own green screens and we know how to use them and everything. But for all three of these movies, we're doing practical effects and camera trickery. There's a lot of, uh, you know, playing with the lens or lenses that we're using. So very excited to bring this film to life. It's again, it's a dream project for me to be behind a camera and bring a story that I wrote to life and I'm very proud of it. So be looking out for JJ Sundry because as soon as we're done with Mary to Crow, we're knocking this one out and I'm so excited for it. And then <laughs> after that, and by the way, if you couldn't tell from the picture, actually here, I'll share another picture. I told you guys I'd share a couple. So for those watching at home, here is another picture of, oh, it didn't pop up. Here is another picture of J.J. Sundry from the same day of shooting. There we go. So one of my favorite shots. You know, we've only filmed uh, two days total, so there's not a lot to pull from that I can be like, oh, that's my favorite shot right now. But I, I do like that shot. So, so yeah, uh, that's that. And obviously it stars Dimitri. He's a very talented actor, and he's going to be putting in some work in this film. He's got to go through a lot of physical transformations, as well as just act his ass off. So, <laughs> very excited to finally put on display his abilities. Because as he said on the Vodka stream, he is a trained actor. He's gone to school for it, he's been with an agency, and he's never really done anything with it other than commercials and stuff. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's make sure I bring this up because there's some things I can't always remember. <laughs> All right. This is actually the first thing I wrote of these three movies, and I didn't think I liked it, and I didn't think I wanted to do anything with it. But it actually means a lot to Jordan who is the star of the film. And I found a way to make myself really get involved in a way that I'm, I'm into it. I, I, it was, it took a while because I wrote this thinking, you know, the, the story would be interesting to just see, you know, I was like, it, and I couldn't really find anything on it. So it's called Alosamina, which is, Anima Sola backwards, that's Latin for lost soul. Okay. Um, and you'll understand after watching the movie why I think the title is clever. But Alosamina basically is centered on a deacon who, you know, in Catholicism, a deacon serves directly to uh, a father, priest, and I mean, that's, that's, that's basically it there. There's not really anything deep when it comes to their positions other than what happens in the story and what makes it so 
well, honestly, it's the reason I didn't want to do it after I wrote it. I was like, I think this would be controversial and wouldn't be a good first thing for me to film and put out there because then people wouldn't be interested in anything else I do. But if it's the last thing we do, which is the case now, okay, that's fine. Because people understand how it fits into the story and it's not me trying to make any kind of statement about religion or anything like that. I just think it's a really cool story to tell. And I do believe there is this audience out there that will be able to relate to it uh, in the way that Jordan can. Because I won't put words in his mouth, but Jordan grew up with a very religious family and he has some issues with how religion can create an almost unhealthy environment for a child to grow up in. So... I, I think I'm wording. I think I'm doing his his thoughts on that justice right now because, you know, essentially he's not saying religion's bad. He's saying that it can be used in bad ways, and we've definitely seen that in the world. So he he's very. It's something he's very passionate about, and one day we'll let him talk about that more. But this is definitely something he's going to be very into as an actor. And, you know, telling the story and sharing, you know, his thoughts on everything when we're uh, filming it and when it's done. So I'm very excited about it for him, but I'm also excited about it because of how I was able to tie it into the other two movies. So, yeah, Alois Amina follows a deacon. Uh, It's Deacon Peter Lawrence, who is going to be played by Jordan on our show. And he's also a natural talent when it comes to acting. When we first started doing things with him with Of Bad Faith, it was because he was available and he was one of our good friends. So we were like, hey, you want to do this? But, you know, to me, I was like, wow, this guy's actually really good. And then after talking to Mitra, he's like, yeah, he's he's got a natural talent for this. I've had to put a lot of work into the, what I'm doing. You know, I've had to sit down and record myself and practice things because... I just don't get acting. I'm not really, I'm not good at it. I feel like I could do some voice acting and I'll, I'm going to be posting videos actually on Twitter here soon because, uh, I would love to get voice acting jobs or even, even just like help out in fan projects with my voice acting. Cause I think it'd be really cool to be a part of something. So that's something I'm interested in. But when it comes to acting on screen, it's a interesting learning experience and it's something that I'm not like regretting, but it's been a pain in the butt when it comes to Mary to Crow. I'll tell you guys, it, <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, uh, we've got Deacon Peter Lawrence played by Jordan and you know, he's working under, uh, father Candido Monteo, who is played by a friend of ours named Matthew Jones. And he's helped us in projects in the past. He's another good friend of ours. And basically, he aids him in um, exorcisms. I can say that. He aids him in exorcisms and begins to realize that this religion that he has devoted his life to isn't what he thinks thought through his time spent with father Mateo he starts to witness things and I think the the cool thing about this story is it's not 
suggesting that the religion itself isn't real or its belief system, but he just got paired with a bad apple. And unfortunately, that is what makes him question his religion's legitimacy. And his life being committed to this practice and the things they do and then realizing this you know that's where i took an interest in the story again because originally this wasn't a part of the story and when i tried to make it fit with the other two movies i was like okay how would this guy essentially get on par with mary to crow and jj sundry ah and, you know it was one of those things like oh okay pretty easy to figure out when i really started to think about it but basically he snaps it's the best way to put it it makes him you know he loses himself through this story because he only knows himself as you know peter lawrence of the catholic church you know he's uh, you know of this faith and you know, when you when you devote your whole life to something and then you think it's not what it's seemed and you feel like you've wasted your life and you've committed to something that is false. It, you know, I was like, what what can that inspire in somebody mentally? And then what can that, you know, mental damage make them do physically? Now, I'll give you guys a little tie in here. And it'll kind of help you start to realize how these movies connect. Or at least two of them. Father Mateo meets regularly with uh, J.J. Sundry. So I don't know if I want to say anymore. I mean, you know if somebody thinks that they are dealing with possession, they're more than likely going to go to a church. Right. So let's just say that that's that's kind of what ties these movies together. Those two. That's all I'm going to say. I, there's so much I want to say, but, you know, that I think you guys can connect dots from there. I'll let you guys. I don't know. <laughs> I'll leave the rest to your interpretation for now, but. That was a that was a cool that was actually the thing that connected this movie for me is I realized okay I've got this character in JJ Sundry who's dealing with this inner battle of you know I'm possessed like my house is possessed I'm being followed by something demonic Oh here's a here's a catholic priest just connected dots it was cool how that worked and then when we went back in filming of Mary to Crow, I was like, oh, we did this without thinking about it. But look at this. This ties right into J.J. Sundry. And then, oh, this thing can easily tie right into Alyssa Mina. It was crazy. It was actually one of those really cool moments. I remember, like, I took my MacBook over to Dimitri's desk. Like, dude, look at this. And he was like, oh. <laughs> so... And it's not a forced thing at all. It's not like we're sitting there with a shoehorn, like we're going to make these movies work. No, they connect very well. And I can't wait for one day to have all three of these done. And then people can watch them however they want. But through the stories realize like, Oh, that, okay. You know, it, it's going to be a cool thing. 
I hope. I don't know. So, so yeah, we have Mary DeCrow, JJ Sundry, and Alois Amina. And I would say to expect to have all three of these, you know, in a place where you can watch them by probably 2025 at the latest. Because Mary DeCrow is going to be done and posted this fall. And JJ Sundry, we're planning on having done by next spring. And we're going to start working on Alois Amina as well. And that should be done near the end of 2024 in terms of like filming. And I'm just going to be editing the crap out of it. So 2025 at the latest for that one. But either way, they're all three movies that we're currently working on. Besides our podcast and the fun shit we do with this. Those are our main focuses. We're really excited to bring these stories to life. And overall, we just can't wait to have things out there that we have fully completed, especially after our couple-year battle with Of Bad Faith and having to accept that we were going to come to a stop with that. You know, we were defeated and we were done for a while and we've had redemption through this three-movie story arc. And for people wondering, yes, we have a title for this shared universe. We're calling it the Deer Stalker Universe. The DSU. <laughs> Which is really just for us. It's just for fun to have something to kind of reference these movies in. And for those who don't know, Deer Stalker is a synonym for serial killer, hunter, predator, etc. So it kind of tells you a little bit more about all three of these movies. But it, that was the cool thing also. And, you know, there's there was some reference to Todd Phillips' Joker when people saw the scene we shared on the Vodka stream. Yes, that movie definitely inspired ideas, but it's not the only one. Any film out there that has tackled what can lead somebody into a state of madness or a state of helplessness and acting irrationally to try to achieve something unachievable have been a part of our, like we've watched so many different movies to draw ideas or inspiration for this joker was one of them of course but it's not like we watched joker and like oh okay let's come up with a guy who puts on face paint and kills people that wasn't the case at all and when people see Mary to Crow, I don't think they're going to be like, this is just like the Joker. So if they are, that's fine. It's your opinion, but that's not our goal at all. And when you see how the story escalates, it's, it's nothing like the Joker and the ending is nothing like the Joker either. It's not going to be an ambiguous ending. It's, it's going to give you something to take home and be like, all right. Yep. That, yeah, that was an ending. So, but yeah, so those are the three movies we're working on. And with all of this being said, like I said, there are so many things that I write and Dimitri writes as well. He's actually got a passion for Star Wars and he would love to do a Star Wars movie one day. Like say somehow or another we can get into the industry to where we can produce a Star Wars movie, even if it's like a low budget Star Wars movie. He's actually written a story about a young Qui-Gon Jinn, and it's pretty freaking good. I, It's not done yet, but from what I've read, he's killing it. He's put a lot of time and research into it, and, you know, 
I'm a big fan of Qui-Gon, especially not seeing him more than just in episode one and then in Kenobi spoiler alert, but, uh, it sucks to not get to see more of him. So I think that would be awesome to have his story come to life. And whether it was in animation or live action, I think it's something he would just really like to bring to the screen one day. So I have to mention that because it's been a passion project for him. He's a big Star Wars fan and he would love to be behind something like that. So just got to throw that out there. And then when it comes to me, I am actually working on some projects myself outside of these just because I love filming things and editing things. And I'm going to be doing some collaborations with people that I've met through being on the Vodka stream, which is really cool. And I'm kind of still trying to process that because some of these people are people that I've been admiring for a while. And now, you know, I'm messaging them on Twitter and we're working on things. So, and there's one thing in particular I'm very excited about. Uh, it's an opportunity that I'm like, okay, this is cool. And, and then also, like I said, I'm going to be doing some voice acting stuff. I'm just going to record myself doing different voices and put it out there. And I mean, if anybody wants to use me for something, hit me up. I, I just think it'd be a cool thing to do. I've always been interested in it. Um, I'll just say one thing I've always been able to do is the Joker. I can do a lot of different versions of the Joker and that's mainly just because when I was a kid, uh, you know, Batman animated series was my jam. Like that was my favorite show. And to this day, it's still one of my favorite storytellings of Batman. And I loved the way they presented his row gallery. Oh, Scarecrow had to kind of do some evolving. You know, the first time we see him, it's like, what the heck is that? But the voice was great. But you know, Mr. Freeze, Joker, Two-Face, Penguin, Clayface, Croc. I mean, they're iconic. They're all iconic illustrations, and the voices are iconic. And it's hard not to read a comic book and not hear those voices, you know. And especially if you've played the Arkham games. So, yeah, I expect to be hearing some of that. And, um, yeah, like I said, if anyone wants to do any collaborating... I'm down for whatever. I think it's really interesting to connect with other people who are just as passionate about this kind of stuff and try to come up with something. You know, it's fun. I I was really into Project Justice League. That was so cool that, you know, a bunch of people were able to come together and bring Zach's original storyboard drawings to life. And I liked the additions they had to the story with characters and etc. And it was just really impressive what they were able to pull off. And also just for AFSP, you know, it's so cool to have that cause behind, you know, the things that we do in this fandom. So it's all just really cool. And I'd love to be a part of something like that, you know? So if there is a way I could contribute, I'd love to do something like that with any project, not just something with, you know, comic book characters, but anything at all, especially if you have a good cause behind it. But I just love doing creative things. I'm a very creative person. If I go too long without, you know, releasing my need to create, I just feel like a balloon that's about to pop. And that was definitely me in the period of, okay, no more working on enough bad faith. 
and there was nothing else we're doing because we're all feeling defeated. You know, that period of my life, it sucked, you know, like at least for me in terms of my creativity, because I just felt like I wasn't, you know, doing anything. I wasn't fully utilizing my potential and it just bummed me out, you know? So I'm glad that I got over that hump and all of us, cause we were all a part of that hump. Dimitri, Grant, Jordan, and all of our other friends that are involved with this, it sucked. So I'm glad we all came through and we're creating these awesome things together. It's a lot of fun. And that's the most important thing. It's just so much fun. I can't tell you guys how much fun I have putting on mime face paint and sitting there and acting like I'm a mime and performing on the street and doing all these crazy things. It's just fun, you know? So that's, that's always the most important thing. We're all having fun, and if anything else comes of these stories that we're creating, awesome. But if not, at the end of the day, we're going to look back and be like, man, that was such a cool time in our life when we were making these movies, and you know, so it's it's just about having fun, guys. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> and I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to talk about right now. It's so hard not to talk about these and get spoilery. Especially because I just love talking about these stories. Uh, again, JJ Sundry, there's so much I want to say about it. There's things that I could say and people, I feel like, I'm not trying to be cocky, but I feel like people be like, oh, wow, that's a really cool idea, you know, because that's, that's what happened when I started talking to Dimitri or even when I was starting to tell my wife about, you know, the things I was doing with this story. So it's cool to hear that, you know, response. And don't worry, my wife is not biased. I actually like telling her about things I'm working on because I can tell by her reaction if she's really thinking it's cool or if she's just trying to be nice. So I, I can I can get an honest reading from her. And that's a big part of why I like telling her about these things. But when I told her about JJ Sundry, she was like, Oh wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting, you know, like so but anyways. I guess I'll go ahead and wrap this up. Let me see where we're at here. I'm trying not to make this too long for you guys. Okay. Um, I guess I'll talk about, um, I'm sorry. I just realized I haven't actually been talking as long as I thought I was. I will talk about the things we're doing with the podcast creatively. So I guess you guys have seen the cartoon. Maybe, maybe not. We've only put two episodes out. Uh, the first one was just a couple minutes. The second one was eight minutes, so it was a little longer. We're wanting to make that a thing where we make like a full 20-minute episode every month. It's really hard to do because of time restraints and just all the things we're doing. And that's not even considering each of us in our personal lives. You know, We've all got wives, girlfriends, day jobs, etc., so the cartoon is something we're having fun with, but it's hard to really justify putting that much time into it if we don't really know if it's worth it. Because we've made the two episodes and we haven't gotten a lot of feedback. And I'm not sitting here saying, like, we need people to share this, but it's like, I don't know. If, if you're listening to this, if you could take some time to just go watch one of the cartoons we've put on our YouTube and just let us know, like, is it, is it interesting to you? Do you find it funny? Is it supposed to be a funny thing? Or if you think it's stupid and you hate it, let us know. Like, we just want to get some feedback on the cartoon because right now it's just a thing that we're really into. And 
I don't know if, if it's not something that's going to like be a, a popular thing with our viewers, then we might just kind of hit the brakes on it. But if we, if, you know, if we do feel like people want to see more, we have some pretty funny ideas with it. And just to give you guys a backstory, <laughs> you know, we worked at a mall as security guards. The four main characters were actually maintenance guys that we worked with at the mall. And they were all really nice guys. We loved working with them. You know, we had to do a lot of things with maintenance. Uh, or sometimes they would have to get us for something. But either way, we had a really good working relationship. And they all just had very interesting personalities and their dynamics were so entertaining to us. And we used to always think like, man, these guys would be great cartoon characters. And, uh, we made them cartoon characters. <laughs> so yeah, all the characters are heavily inspired by maintenance guys from uh, the mall that we used to work at. And we thought it'd be funny to just take them and put them in situations from movies that we've talked about on a podcast. So, you know, the first one we watched, uh, Midsummer, and we're also trying to pick like iconic scenes to have featured. So like we had the cliff scene and then we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, you know, of course, every Texas Chainsaw Massacre has an eclectic group of people driving down a road somewhere and then something happens and the car has to stop and things go to shit. So we found a fun way to do that and feature our guest uh, Kate, who's on the show, into the cartoon as well. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I guess the idea is just basically, you know, any movie we watch, they're not always going to be horror movies. Uh, I'm actually working on one right now that's just straight up comedy. has no horror elements. But uh, it just kind of implementing them in these scenes and adding something fun to the episodes. But yeah, we're just we're trying to gauge, you know, what we should or shouldn't do with this podcast. So any feedback is much appreciated because as much as I love doing everything, if there's something that we're doing that isn't really going to be worth the time it takes to make it, we're going to take that time and put it towards something else that you guys want to see from us. So that's all, you know, we're not sitting here saying like, give us attention. We're just saying like, feel free to let us know if you guys don't like things or if there's something you want us to do. Like we had a lot of people telling us, please say spoiler warning at the beginning of an episode. We started doing that. We had people saying, could you guys do trailer reactions? Because Demetri and myself did one for the flash trailer. And you know, we don't really want to do trailer reactions. If I'm being honest with you guys, we just, it's like a lot of other things we aren't doing on this podcast. We feel like there's so many podcasts or YouTube channels that do this stuff. And we're trying to do something different, you know, like everyone who's doing these things, they're really good at them already. And I don't see a reason to try to compete with them because I'm a fan of their channels myself. You know, I go to certain channels for YouTube reactions. So it, it's just one of those things, but we had a lot of people that liked us doing the flash. And we only did that because we're, very passionate DC fans and like many were clamoring for some definitive like here's what's going on with the DC cinematic universe and we feel like you know we're finally getting that with James Gunn and Peter Saffron and the Flash movie has been in developmental hell for you know, six or seven years whatever it is a very long time it's had so many writers directors 
this person will be in it. They won't be in it. We're going to recast Ezra. I think that was always just a rumor, though. I don't think they ever actually considered doing that. But if they did, whatever. It's been in, you know, developmental hell. And now we have a trailer. Yeah, we had to do uh, an episode on that. So, and then we just talked about DC stuff. But a lot of people said they enjoyed hearing us reviewing the Flash trailer. We are like, okay. So, now we're doing trailer reactions. And I'm not saying I hate doing it. Like, I, it's fun. Um, I am someone who's trying to stray away from trailers. But... I don't mind watching one per movie and I'll just avoid the rest because I really like going into a movie and just seeing it fresh. Like unless it's something I'm not excited for and I want to see the trailer and maybe the trailer will change my mind. But otherwise I just don't like watching trailers and <laughs> it's funny because I almost feel like you can just see a TV spot and that's enough to tell you whether or not, you know, TV spots have almost replaced trailers where you just get like a little 30 second, like here's what's happening in this film. Oh, okay. I'm interested or I'm not. I I've never seen a TV spot and been like, I'm going to look up the, the full trailer on YouTube, but maybe that, that works with other people. I don't know. So anyways, and then we're also going to be doing satirical skits because of course the Snyder cult page that's what it was all about and we've had a lot of people saying that's something they enjoyed from us and they're bummed we're not doing it anymore so we're not just going to focus on DC stuff although I can't say that you won't see more cult-esque videos uh, but we're going to be doing a lot of other different stuff as well and we're, we're having fun coming up with the ideas and concepts for that we're doing a podcast on signs, which is a great movie. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Pretty sure it's Jordan's favorite movie. It's on par with or right under saving private Ryan. So he's really excited that we're doing that film, but he actually came up with an idea for how to start opening episodes for our podcast. So for anybody who's watching on YouTube, you're going to get a nice little thing that we've put together to start off the episodes and it'll relate to what we're talking about similar to the cartoons you know it's going to pull a scene from the movie we're going to do something fun with it but it'll be us you know it'll be us acting it out filming it so that's going to be a cool thing and uh yeah we have a lot of fun episodes we're excited about uh, special guests coming on we're going to be doing one on john wick in i think a month and a half i think is when it's scheduled a month but it'll be after everyone's had time to see the new John Wick. We're just going to have a big John Wick discussion. We have a special guest coming on who is a good friend of ours. And I'm very excited to have him on and talk about it. This episode was actually his idea. And that's something we do. You know, if we have a special guest coming on, we'll be like, hey, what would you want to talk about? You know, because just like when we ask you guys to give us suggestions, we have a list on our whiteboard over there of things that we are going to cover, but we're open to anything because you know we've had people suggest stuff and we're like, oh, okay, yeah, we actually hadn't thought about doing that. You know, There's so many movies and TV shows and, and whatever. It, it's just a lot. So, yeah, we, we like when people have a suggestion. It's like, oh, okay, because we weren't going to do John Wick. And that's funny because I love John Wick and I'm a huge Keanu Reeves fan in general. So it's weird that we weren't doing John wick, but he said that. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be a freaking awesome episode to do, especially, you know, soon 
because he's got this film coming out. They got a spinoff series and uh, like on the Continental, I think. And so, yeah, it'd be a really cool episode to have out there for people to to watch when they want and just hear what we all have to say about the world of John Wick. Um, but then, I'm trying to think if there's anything else creatively, uh, we've got so many ideas for this podcast. Uh, uh, Dimitri and myself mentioned we have segments we're all doing um, this coming Sunday. I guess I'll go ahead and just talk about this now. I am posting my first Sunday AM comics episode where I'm going to be reviewing uh, Dark Victory, Batman Dark Victory. So that's not because it's the first comic book I've read for this, but I did read it recently and it's just such a good comic book and it's a part of, you know, a three part series. And so I get into that and it's kind of a uh, editorial style segment. Um, essentially I'm going to be talking about the comic book. I'll be showing off some of the art in it. I'm going to try to talk about it without giving away any spoilers. It's meant to be kind of like a, Hey, if you haven't checked this out, I recommend it. So that's something I'll be doing every Sunday. And that's just because, you know, when I was a kid, you had Saturday morning cartoons and you had Sunday morning comics. So I, I thought that'd be a fun thing to have on the weekends. Dimitri is going to be doing uh, Deer Stalkers, which <laughs> it's going to be about serial killers. He's uh, very well knowledge in serial killers and a lot of non-fictional serial killers upbringings and what got them to the point of madness. You know, something that we've tackled with our film. So he's very well knowledge in that. And he's going to be just talking about a serial killer. Um, he'll be doing fictional as well, which I wasn't even aware of that. He updated me on that on an earlier episode of our podcast. But uh, so he'll be covering, you know, Dexter and maybe Joe and some other stuff. So that, yeah, look forward to that. That'll be cool. And then, of course, we have Grant and his sports segment. We're still working on that. We've had so many hiccups with it. You know, originally we were doing the the bush light inside on sports, and we actually got a, a shut down on that, <laughs> which is stupid. We should have known better, but uh, we were trying to get we were trying to get some attention from Bush, but we we didn't get the attention we wanted. And uh, then we changed it to Ion Sports, and then someone informed us that's already a thing. You know, we we looked into it. We can't use that name. So, but Grant is definitely our sports guy i mean we're all fans of different sports but he just knows about all sports and he's like an encyclopedia you ask about a game of baseball or football from whatever the 70s or he'll tell you how the game ended he'll tell you the statistics the statistics for all the players who the coach was it's crazy and like dimitri said on one of our earlier episodes Grant was with us at a Reds game. You know, we're from Cincinnati, Ohio. And during the game, he's like, that guy's going to get traded by the end of the game. They announced he was getting traded at the end of the game. So he just, he has an insight, you know, which is where that, but he really does. He has, he has some uh, strong intuitions about sports and it's really fascinating to hear him, you know, talk about him. And we thought it'd be cool to just have him do a segment where maybe twice a month, he's just talking about, whatever sports are currently in season. Uh, so we're figuring that out still, but it's something you guys can look forward to. And uh, 
Then we have Jordan, who's going to be doing Incredulous Rundown. And that's been a lot of fun for us to film and just do. Because it, it's giving us a, an excuse to hang out outside of the podcast or working on movies. And, like, we went out with our girlfriends and wives and fiancés, all the titles. We, we went out with them to uh, Bobby Mackey's a couple weeks ago. That's a place near us that's got a lot of history when it comes to suicides, murders, hauntings, cults. I mean, it's it's a very rich history with paranormal activity and everything dark and evil. So we went there because it's just a normal bar where Bobby Mackey's band plays and other musicians sometimes. But we went there to have a good time, but it kind of inspired us to, you know maybe document us looking into the folklore around a place like that. So we documented it. It was a lot of fun. So we have a whole thing we filmed where you guys get to see us going there and seeing what we experience. And then he's just going to basically be talking about it and uh, he'll be explaining, you know, the history there. And then if we did or did not experience things and also, what happened afterwards because a lot of the stories entail man after i went to bobby Mackey's, i got doors closing on their own and you know so he'll be he'll be doing that and we're gonna be doing a lot of episodes tonight we're gonna be going out with body cams night cameras all that stuff we're gonna be exploring so many things because just in our area the tri-state area you know, we're from southern ohio there are so many haunted places that have been on uh, ghost hunters ghost adventures and um, yeah, we have a lot to tackle. It's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, so uh, look forward to that as well. But uh, yeah. I don't think there's anything else I need to talk about right now when it comes to us creatively. Oh, I guess uh, we're we're filming a new intro. So I'm sure you guys have heard the Ion Stone podcast intro for most of our episodes, or some of them end with it, but. Uh, that's actually a song that I wrote and recorded. <laughs> so yeah, I, I got a little got a little rappy on there. Um, all the lyrics are just like movie references or saying the word butter. So I'm not a deep lyricist, but uh, yeah, I created that intro and I just took video clips from like the past couple years of all of us hanging out and stuff. But we thought it'd be cool to like actually film a. Uh, short music video as an intro for the podcast so be looking for that in the near future i don't think we're gonna have too many more episodes that have the video that we've had uh, on them so and we'll probably you know announce like hey we got a new intro but just kind of keep your eyes out for that it's something we felt like was necessary for a bunch of different reasons uh so yeah but anyways keep your eyes and ears out for that and yeah i I think that's about it. If you guys have any questions about any of these uh, movies, you know, the, the Deerstalker universe, <laughs> feel free to reach out. Um, I am willing to give away a little bit more about these movies in private conversation. So if you're somebody that I've spoken to or know of uh, and I trust, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more if you have some general curiosity. Uh, and... I actually think it'd be cool to collaborate with people on stuff, you know, like this. Like if there's somebody who's wanting something made, you know, I remember, uh, Saggy 
was on the vodka stream and she said she wished that she lived closer to Dimitri and myself because she has ideas for things. And it's like, Hey, we can talk online and come up with things. I mean, I'm working with somebody right now on something who doesn't even live in the same country as me. So the internet's a beautiful thing. And there's a lot of ways that we can achieve the things that back in the day you could only do if you could meet up with somebody. So it's awesome. So yeah, if anyone has anything they want to collaborate on or if they just have an idea and they want us to bring it to life, hit us up. We'll, we'll do anything. We're, we're down for the challenge and we really just have a passion for creating and bringing things to life. So yeah, just let us know. And um, with that being said, you know, if, if there's anything that you're working on and you think that like, I could possibly help you with editing or you want some things filmed that I could send to you that I might be nearby. I'd be down for that as well. I mean, the possibilities are endless nowadays. It's, it's really cool. And I never even really considered that. And going on the vodka stream was such a cool experience. I'll talk about that. I guess that's how I'll close this episode because, you know, I told Dave, like I came across him it was probably like late 2019 when I I started to realize like, oh, there's a there's a cut of the Snyder cult. Wow. And I was, you know, reading about it online and I went on YouTube because that's what I always do. I'm like, I need to see a video on this crap. Like there's so much going on. I don't want to read. I want someone to talk to me. <laughs> I'm lazy. So I went on YouTube and I typed, you know, Zack Snyder's version of Justice League or something like that. And him Chris Swenson and I think it was Real Rejects were like the first couple of people that popped up and I discovered all of them from that. So it was pretty cool. And there was somebody, oh, I might going to give them any attention, but there was somebody else who was uh, anti-Snyder Cut. He was making t-shirts on it. <clears throat> anyways, and that was interesting. But anyways, yeah, so I, I came across... Dave and I was such a big fan of his channel right off the bat. I thought he was very, you know, entertaining and I liked the way he ran his show. Thought it was interesting that he's standing up in front of a green screen. He has people come on live. He live streams, which is insane. Uh something I'm kind of thinking about doing and I've talked to the guys about, but that's a whole other can of worms. But either way, it was just so cool to like find this guy who seems like he's just as into movies and things going on with him as I've always been my entire life. I've always been such a huge movie fan. And it was cool to just have like a channel I could go to and watch regularly and be like, man, this is cool. You know, like this guy's talking about the things I'm into. And I pretty much for the most part always agree with him, which is cool too because – I mean, there's a lot of people I watch on YouTube and I don't always agree with them and you don't have to, but it's just cool that I feel like, you know, his brain works the way mine does. So I don't know. It, it was such a trip for me to think about that time of my life and how, you know, I bought a t-shirt of his, I guess you could say I'm a fan of him. You know, I'm a fan of Dave, the film junkie. Uh, I'm a Dave, the film junkie shill all hail Dave, the film junkie. No, but seriously, I, I've always been a big fan of his. And uh, when I saw him come into the DMs, I was like, oh, okay, you know. And then he invited us on the show, and I, I just couldn't believe it. And then 
going on the show is just such a cool experience because I mean, I'll be honest. I told him we've never live streamed before. I've done like one zoom meeting or something for Thanksgiving during COVID. And it was just with my family, you know, my wife and I were sitting in front of the laptop talking to our family. So I've never done anything like that before. So I was nervous. I was like, okay, this is going to be crazy. I'm going to see all these guys on here that I see every, you know, Friday or Saturday morning. Cause I am on the, the Eastern side of the United States. So sometimes it's hard for me to stay awake that, that late, but I'll go to the gym Saturday morning or go driving around. And I always listen to the vodka stream and watch it. I've always been a big fan and his, his film junkie lives during the week as well. So, and then he's got the Batman fanimated stream and that's been really cool because I hadn't watched the animated series in a long time. And now that he's gotten most, I think they've finished the original series or the original season, like all 80 whatever episodes, but they're getting close if they haven't. So I've been binge watching that and then just binge listening to them talking about it, like in production order with each episode. And it's been a really uh, cool experience to just like hear him and Scott talk about this show and, scott's infinite knowledge on the voice actors and fun facts it's really entertaining so recommend checking that out as well but anyways going on the show was so cool and i got dimitri into film junkie probably like a year or so ago because uh, he was always asking me how i was so up to date with things and i told him you know i got chris swenson and dave the film junkie chris is so good with his videos because he keeps them short and sweet so if you just need a quick update, you can go to ping pong flicks and yep, there's a video on this. Boom. It's five to eight minutes. If that, you know, and he, he gives you all the details and he might give you his opinion on it, but I enjoy his videos. And then Dave live streams and just shoots the shit with people and has nice back and forth. And it's cool. I like that he's created a platform where you can go on there and just have discussions and whether people agree or disagree at the end of the day, everyone acknowledges, okay, they're just movies no big deal you know we can shake hands and go about our day and it's cool I, I i love it and the fact that we got to be a part of that environment and talk about the things that we're creating and even show a scene from something we've created i don't think i've still processed that you know it's it's cool and we have family and friends that are like sending screenshots like holy crap you're on youtube like you and dimitri it's like yeah that's us you know <laughs> so uh, you know, it was, it was a tremendous honor to go on there and we're going to be back on there. So very excited about that as well. And I don't know, it, it's cool that our journey creatively and just as a friend group has led us from being mall cops, making videos for fun on a cell phone to now we're producing higher quality films and we're meeting people in this community and, you know, kind of just getting out there in the world. It's really cool. And now I'm connected with people in other parts of the world and collaborating on projects. It's just so cool guys. Um, something Dave has always preached and I'll go ahead and reiterate. If you're thinking about starting a podcast or a YouTube channel or whatever it is, just do it. Just start, you know, like I said, we started with cell phones as mall cops. Okay. And the videos we were recording, and we might share these one day, we were in our security uniforms. Like, it's not like we had time. Like, we were literally setting stuff up in the middle of work and filming things and then going back to work. So, I don't know if you can get more starting at the bottom than that, but 
that was definitely starting at the bottom for us. And we've progressed and come a long way. And I'm telling you guys, you just got to start. You just got to start somewhere. And it's a journey. It's going to have ups, probably a lot of downs at first because we definitely went through them. But you kind of get, you kind of learn a lot more in the downs. You know, you kind of learn why you got to that low point and how to prevent going back there going forward. So it's a, it's a necessary part of the journey. And now, you know, when we were filming the Jake Gyllenhaal episode, we were just kind of talking afterwards about like, man, look where we're at, you know, like we've got a nice studio and we're getting better equipment as we go. We're starting to get a following. We've got listeners. We have people interacting with us. We're making friends in a community of YouTubers and podcasters. And it's just so cool because, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, even if nothing comes of it, we're just having fun. We're genuinely enjoying doing this. And, you know, it's hard not to talk about mental health, especially when it's such a big, a big thing with, uh, a lot of the fan campaigns and, uh, reasons that we do the things we do or the reasons, uh, that certain projects we do happen, you know, inspirations, mental health is such a big thing. And, I know all of us on this show have dealt with different uh, versions of mental health issues and something I will talk about because I'm at a point in my life where I can is I've always dealt with uh, various degrees of depression and it's from different things in my life and I'm not going to try to act like I'm special or I've dealt with things other people haven't. I've acknowledged the latter actually, you know, and I'm just, uh, grateful that my life has taken me on a journey to where I'm at, where I'm at now. I have a beautiful wife who I love to death. We're starting a family and it's awesome. Cause that's something I never thought I'd get to do. And it's because of the things that were going on in my life and the things I was committing myself to that most people, especially when they're young adults don't have to commit to. Um, but it, it definitely was a journey. You know, I, I, I had a lot of issues. Thankfully I never got into substance abuse. Um, and that's mainly just from learning from others around me, which is something my dad implemented in me when I was a young kid. You know, I, I never smoked cigarettes. I didn't, you know, get into drugs in high school I tried not to get into fights or anything bad that happened, unfortunately a few times, but you know, learning that stuff at a young age, it helped me a lot. And thankfully I had already overcome those challenges and temptations when things in my life started to get heavier and I was able to find, uh, comfort and joy in being creative you know, so like I said, last time I went to college was for graphic design. That was me coming out of that year period of my life that I've talked about where I kind of removed everyone and everything and just gave myself a a fresh start to be me, you know, to be the person I was. And another interesting thing, I'm going to kind of get off topic, I guess, but when I, 
I was such a big comic book fan when I was a kid. And this actually kind of upsets me to think about. And I probably always will. But again, it was part of the journey. I got to a point in my life where I felt like I was a loser if I still read comic books. So I would basically either I would read them and not let people know, but then I eventually just stopped getting them and didn't keep up with comic books uh, all throughout high school because that, that happened in middle school. And I didn't find my love for them again until I was 24 years old. And that was, you know, after that break or during it, actually, it was during it. Uh, that was one of the, I'll never forget the first time I went back to a comic book store after, you know, so many years, because I would say I was probably 11, maybe 12 the last time I went to a comic book store. And yeah, see, you know, if you got 12 years, I didn't, I didn't go and I didn't really give them attention. And it was so, uh, it felt, it was a freeing experience. You know, I, I walked in the doors of this comic book store by my parents' house and I, I was so excited. I, w I spent probably two hours in there just digging through the boxes, finding comics that interested me, finding comics that I remembered from when I was a kid. And I just fell in love immediately again. And it's funny what inspired me to do that because I was actually cleaning my room out. You know, I was living with my parents, going on this journey of reflection and, and uh, self-healing and growing. And so I was like, I need to start with the environment that I sleep in and wake up in, you know, the things I'm surrounding myself with. So not just the people and the things out in the world, but just, you know, in this small space in which I confide and hide and whatever. Um, so I started throwing things away. I painted my room a different color. I changed the setup and I came across my comic book collection from when I was a kid. And I was like, wow, man, you know, these look pretty cool. I, you know, and there was like something satisfying about just like picking one up and feeling it in the plastic bag and then taking the tape off and pulling the comic book out and, and going through the pages. I was like, there, there's something about this, you know, like I, I think it's something I forgot about. And that made me look up comic book stores. And I found two that were by my house. One that I knew about, one I didn't know about. And yeah, so... That's how that happened. And it's funny how that has correlated into to today where like I feel so knowledge about it. like I I've read so many comic books. I own so many comic books. Like I've always got a couple behind me for referencing. Uh, but like over here, we've got a whole bunch of comic book holders and there's some over here. Uh, there's comic books over there. I've got drawers of them in the office. I mean, there's. Oh, there's so many comic books that I have and, and it's awesome. And, and I get them for Christmas now. Like everyone knows I'm into comic books. It's not something I hide. And that's cool. Cause that wasn't me, you know, prior to this point of my life. Um, and it, it's kind of funny how I also associate comic books with helping me deal with, you know, this depression that I had and getting me through rough patches of my life. You, you find a love for these characters and a connection with them in certain stories, you know, whether they deal with the loss of their parents or just a loved one, or maybe they're going through transformations and they're having a hard time accepting that they're not who they want to be. Uh, but either way, that's why these, you know, uh, 
campaigns happen behind these comic book movies and anyone who judges that they just don't understand you know they, they don't understand why it's happening it's not because we want to get certain movies out and we're like oh we'll paint this picture of oh it's donate money to an organization to save lives or get people off drugs or whatever that's not what's happening it's we understand as fans of comic books how much that connection to a character can mean to you and what it can get you through in life and that associating the two is a good thing and that's shown look how much money afsp has gotten in the past couple years from very committed comic book fans you know i mean it's it speaks for itself and i just think that's awesome and it's very important to speak about and it's something i can relate to you know uh Mental health is so important. So the whole point of this rant is if you're someone dealing with mental health issues and you have any kind of love or interest for anything creative, give it a chance. Don't worry about what anybody thinks. Just go out there, do your thing, and see what happens. Because I'll tell you right now, the version of me that existed on this earth uh, before I was 24 years old would have never have thought that embracing that part of myself would get me to where I'm making movies with my best friends. We're running a podcast. I'm going on a YouTube channel that I've been a fan of for years, meeting people through that in other parts of the world that I'm going to make projects with. You know, it's, it's crazy guys. It really is something as simple as finding your love for comic books can inspire an entire journey. <laughs> and it sounds crazy maybe it sounds kind of corny and lame but it's the truth it really is and that's what it was for me you know because let me just connect some dots for you guys my love for comic books is what made me apply for a job at suncoast video which is what got me a job at the mall in which i eventually became a security guard so it's funny how that works and man, if anyone remembers Suncoast videos, I miss that store so much. Yeah, um, we had comic books. I don't know if others. I, I we always heard it was interesting that ours had comic books, but we had comic books. We had movies. We had anime. We had merchandise associated with all of it. We always had a movie we were playing in the store. We used to have people just come in and watch movies with us and bring snacks. It was such a fun job. I hate that. The company that bought them bought it and just shut them down. But, you know, it's the way things go, unfortunately. But, yeah, anyways, shout out to Suncoast Video. Um, but I I just got to say, you know, I'm so glad and grateful for everything that's happening to me and to these guys on the show. And I really appreciate anyone who's listening to us and anyone who's listening to this episode because I've definitely gone on tangents and I'm ranting. But we're trying to give you guys a nice full episode this week. We feel bad. We don't have a, a movie discussion. But sometimes you just got to let things inspire you that, you know, you wouldn't normally. And, you know, for example, the whole Snyder Cult thing, most of the videos we did after the first one, that came from comments people were making on the page. We're like, oh, yeah, that'd be a funny idea to make fun of or, you know, make a satire satirical video of and then we would do it so and that's kind of what happened now is like you know what we got people messaging us asking questions about these movies i'll just do an episode about that so here we are but anyways i'm gonna go and wrap this up 
Uh, if you guys have anything you want to ask about with anything that I've said from beginning to end, feel free to uh, DM us or just leave us comments, whatever. And, you know, we, we look forward to hearing from you guys. We, we, we like the conversations. We like the conversations we're having already with people and the connections we're making, the friends we're making. It's such a cool experience. So seriously, thank you. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you guys next week with the Jake Gyllenhaal First Responder Podcast. See you soon.